0: at 4 30 today spacex crew dragon will launch it it, it could be a game changer in space travel and how nasa runs its missions in the future here to talk about it paul delaney 640 toronto space travel and astronomy expert and a professor at york university paul welcome to the show
1: good morning kelly a little bit like christmas morning for you very much so (laughs) that's a really good analogy actually very good analogy indeed
0: so it's a historic. It's it's the first time anyone has left American soil for space since the space shuttles were retired. Let's go back before we get into this historic launch and focus on the space shuttles. Why were they retired?
1: Well, the first space shuttle launch was all the way back in 1981, April 12th, 1981 to be specific. So, I mean, they were in service for 30 years, 135 missions uh, after two space disasters, Columbia and Challenger. The decision was made in 2005 to retire the fleet. It's all well and good to say retire the fleet, but what are you going to replace that fleet with? And that has been a question which multiple presidents and now many commercial vendors have been grappling with. So the space shuttle fleet was retired basically because it was getting old and it was also very limited in its capabilities. It was stuck in low Earth orbit. It could not take us to high Earth orbit. It could not take us to the Moon and beyond. And there has been growing sentiment over the last decade, including from the private sector, that we needed, as in NASA and the US, needed a vehicle that would do more than just ferry stuff to low Earth orbit, to go to the Moon, to go to Mars, to go beyond. And that's the genesis of what we're going to see this afternoon. Hopefully, uh, the culmination of the effort to replace the Shuttle with a vehicle that was much more capable.
0: Why couldn't the space shuttle you know go farther? Is it was it a question of how it was shaped?
1: No, it was really more a question of what it was initially designed to do. They wanted it to go cheaply and effectively into an out-of-Earth orbit in a reusable fashion. And that was, that was a laudable concept back in the 1970s. There were original expectations that the shuttle would fly literally weekly into Earth orbit. And with the reusability, it would drive the cost of spaceflight down. That never happened. We never flew more than nine shuttles a year, and even then that was a push. Uh, the, the refurbishment of each shuttle flight was enormously expensive. Every single space shuttle launch was about a half a billion dollars, uh, and the bottom line to all of that is that the the engines associated with it, the propulsion system, if you will, never was able to take it more than four or 500 kilometres above low Earth orbit. Uh, that That could have been changed, but it's expensive. The moment you start tinkering with a rocket, you more or less go back to the drawing board. And so, once the shuttle was designed, even with low Earth orbit uh, sort of maximum ceiling in place, there was no money from NASA's perspective to change that propulsion system. And so, we were stuck with what we had for 30 years, going round and round and round in low Earth orbit.
0: Well, let's talk about the SpaceX Crew Dragon. This is the one that will launch today. Is it reusable? Does it have that reusability that the uh, original space shuttle had? and uh, Or is this a case of a very wealthy man uh, being able to fulfill his dream, Elon Musk?
1: Well, there's a little bit of the latter in it. But uh, the Falcon uh, system, the, the SpaceX rocket system, has been designed to be in large measure Reusable. So you've seen many, over 50 times over the last three or four years, SpaceX has landed its first stage rocket. uh, And that's the most expensive part of the system. And they have flown up to five times each. The new versions are supposed to fly 10 times or more. The Crew Dragon, the Dragon capsule that sits on top, uh, either it's um, uh, the version of it that doesn't carry crew, so just carries supplies to the International Space Station, as well as the Crew Dragon version are meant to fly between five and ten times. So they are significantly more reusable than most aspects of the space shuttle, but not fully reusable. So it's a step in the right direction. Uh, People have been uh, very reluctant to go this route. I mean, here we are 60 years into the space era, and the notion of a fully reusable system is still elusive. But this is the closest we have yet come uh, to having a fully reusable system.
0: This mission today, it's actually named Demo Two, which to me would um, make me question if I was going to step in as a crew member into that uh, spaceship that has has never flown humans in it before. So this this is called Demo Two. It, it one of the crew members actually flew the last space shuttle mission. He's going to be the captain piloting this mission. It's very different because. Uh, this apparently, the dragon features touch screens, and it's almost they will almost be fully automated in flight. So, what are these astronauts doing?
1: Hmm, okay, that's a complicated question. Um, the, the the shortest answer I can give you is that most space vehicles at launch are in a fully automated uh, manner, and the the crew are on board to make those split-second decisions that a computer system, you don't you don't want to rely upon it. You know, is that shake, rattle, and roll okay to tolerate? I'm going to stay aboard. Uh, is the guidance system taking me in the wrong direction? I'm going to take over manual control and so on. Even most aircraft are flown on autopilot with the pilot sitting there ready to take over if something happens. In many ways, that's no different today than it has been in the past, so Hurley and Benkin, the two astronauts who are on board, are along for the ride, but they are there. Make no mistake, to take control of this vehicle if they need to. And uh, you know, in fact, if if the uh, Boeing Starliner flight from six months ago had had astronauts on board, it would have made it to uh, the correct orbit because they would have realized that there was a, a problem brewing—not catastrophic problem, but just a problem. I, I turned right instead of left. They could have made that decision. So. Astronauts are along for the ride in many ways. Every time you fly a vehicle with people on it for the first time, and we've done that five other times—sorry, four other times—in U.S. history, the Russians have done it, the Chinese have done it. There's always an element of risk. It is demo two; it is designed to be a demonstration flight showing the capabilities of this vehicle with people on board. But this vehicle has flown before very successfully. As I said, the Falcon 9 itself has been flying since 2010, very successfully. One of the most safe, one of the safest uh, rockets. In fact. That's ever been built. So yes, there is an element of risk, but that's always going to be the case when you're pushing the envelope. The risk is very low, but it is present. There's no doubt, and those two astronauts know it full well.
0: Okay, is is the reason why uh, they have chosen the last ca- captain to fly a space shuttle and uh, the the uh, the the this new dragon? Is there Uh, A reason as far as uh, the importance and a dawn of a new uh, collaboration between the government and privately owned um, SpaceX companies and things like that in, in the future of space travel.
1: There might have been a nod to history in that regard, bookending, if you will, the U.S.'s activities with crewed spaceflight. You know, Hurley was on the last mission of the shuttle. He's on the first mission with the crew dragon and so on. But remember, uh, you know, there are only a limited number of astronauts still in active service who flew the space shuttle system. And Hurley was one of those more experienced uh, pilots. So, you know, he has the credentials to be on board, Uh, whether or not, uh, you know, there were other people who were better qualified I'm not in a position to say but certainly the experience he brings to it gives him the right to be in that seat and you know if there's a little bit of history there as well good for him
0: okay so where are these guys going what are they doing are they doing a quick up and down what are they are they going into orbit what's okay, so- today's mission all about
1: Okay, so the launch is obviously a very important aspect of the demonstration. They want to be able to see that the entire vehicle with people on board safely reaches orbit safely docks with the International Space Station and eventually safely re-enters and splashes down. So all of those uh, milestones, if you will, are going to be very critically examined by SpaceX and NASA. But once these two astronauts reach uh, the International Space Station, assuming everything goes nominally uh, according to plan, they actually will be on board for anything up to four months. They will become part of Expedition 63. There are three astronauts Mm. already in orbit. These two will bring us up to... a. Complement of five, uh, which is a little atypical. Uh, it's normally three or six, so this time it's five. But what the heck? They've been trained for service aboard the International Space Station. Uh, so that's assuming everything goes well. Uh, NASA has very deliberately left the timing in orbit to be very flexible to give everybody the opportunity to uh, examine the data, to look at the uh, the, the Crew Dragon's performance, uh, and to give the three cosmon- sorry the three astronauts aboard the space station some assistance. To to run the orbiting outpost, three people is sort of like bare minimum. Five makes it a much more comfortable operation. So there is an expectation that these astronauts will be on board until sometime in August when they will re enter. NASA has already set the first operational flight of four astronauts aboard the Crew Dragon to uh, launch on August 30th. But that obviously pending a, a clean slate, if you will, a full checkout of the current mission uh if there are problems if nasa perceives that there could be an issue in leaving the uh, crew dragon vehicle in orbit for any extended period of time they'll bring them back uh, early so it's very open-ended as the name suggests it's a demonstration flight everything needs to be examined and nasa will make the call along with spacex as to when the astronauts will come home but i'm expecting sometime in august
0: NASA pays a lot to get the Russians to send astronauts to the International Space Station. Is that one of the reasons why today's launch is so important? This shows uh, Russia, you know, we don't need you and we're not dependent on you as far as uh, getting to space is concerned anymore.
1: That is definitely part of it. Uh, In fact, I would have thought that that particular aspect of it, the politics, if you will, not just the money, but the politics, would have hastened this day we would have seen this three, four, or five years ago. I mean, if in 2011 you had said it's going to be nine years before we saw NASA launch crews into orbit again, I would have said no. The U.S. is not going to t- not going to stand for that. <laughs> but they did. Uh, so there is certainly a money aspect of it, but it is a, a more fundamental. Uh, it's a more fundamental statement. NASA wants to get back in the business of launching people into orbit on their time scale on their missions, not just to the International Space. Space Station. We've all heard about the desire to get back to the moon, the Artemis program uh, by 2024. That is in partnership with commercial entities like SpaceX. NASA has a lot riding on the commercial crew program, which is, you know, making its, its debut in a big way today as far mm-hmm. as, you know, people in orbit is concerned. NASA wants to have that flexibility to go where they want and when they want to do it. And SpaceX wants that as well from the point of view of space tourism. They want to be able to take you and me into low Earth orbit. They want to take us to the moon and beyond. And so everybody is looking at today's launch with their own agendas, NASA, SpaceX, the Commercial Crew Program, and so on. Uh, And, yeah, there's no question in the world that saying to Russia, thanks, but no more. (laughs) That's part of it, too.
0: Well, Paul, you mentioned the moon, and I think it should be uh, it should be fairly easy for NASA to get back to the moon. I mean, uh, production's down in, in film studios everywhere. They should be able to find a spare <laughs> studio somewhere that they could occupy.
1: Okay, <laughs> no.
0: Oh, I'm kidding, Paul. I'm joking. Paul, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. I have to, every once in a while, help out those conspiracy theorists that still tune into the show,
1: despite the Absolutely. fact we like to debunk things. Send them to my classes. Yeah, not a problem, Kelly. I appreciate that. Paul,
0: thank you so much for joining us and uh, stay safe.
1: You bet. You too.